Hey folks, good morning. Sunday morning. <laughs> this is not the usual time that we stream. We are normally live every Saturday morning from 9.30 to 12.30, but I was recently on a local right-wing talk radio program. And, uh, and, and you know, I, when we started doing the show, I had a regular spot on a local right-wing talk radio program. For about a year, year and a half or so, every Thursday morning, I would get up and call in at 6 a.m. and I would do a regular spot. And uh, then last year, about this time, I was... Um, I, I went down to New Orleans for a month and supported the Hurricane Ida recovery efforts. Uh, so the show went on hiatus, and when we picked it back up, we just I just never started the started the slot back up because I had some mixed feelings about it, um, mostly about mostly about just my effectiveness. Uh, right, I want I I'm totally fine. I have no qualms with anybody going on any outlet as long as they're able to do it. Uh, as long as they're able to do it well, right? I think, you know, you can go on, like, Nazi channels or something. If you can uh, destroy them in the marketplace of ideas, if you don't look like a like a dummy. And I'm just, I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm great at debate, quote-unquote. I don't know, I don't know how well I am, how good I am at defending my arguments in a hostile setting. So, uh, so I had an article in Jacobin recently. I had an article in Jacobin recently about the Alabama Attorney General refusing to fight for working people in our state and instead fighting these silly culture war issues. Um, talking about censorship on Twitter, talking about BlackRock using social responsibility stuff, and uh, talking about prosecuting VA doctors for giving abortion care to veterans whose life is in danger. So, you know, these are the things that the Alabama Attorney General is fighting for. So I wrote an article for that in Jacobin, and I said, you know what, this is a good opportunity for me to start start my appearances on Right Wing Talk Radio back up, and, and I want to do that for maybe a couple months and just assess it. I want to see how it goes. And... Um, and I think, so I think maybe these Sunday morning streams will become a regular thing just as a solo for me. Um, I don't think Adam's going to want to get up every Sunday morning to do this. <laughs> but, so I think this may be become a, a regular thing for the next couple of months for me as I assess whether or not it makes sense to continue doing that. And so I'll be reviewing my appearances on the Right Wing Talk Radio program the week before, and sometimes I will be bringing on, uh, bringing on experts. Sometimes I'm going to be bringing on experts to help me assess my performance. Um, experts from, I believe that these people like to be called debate bros. That's my understanding. Is is that that is, that that is uh, this community's preferred. <laughs> that is this community's preferred term. And so this week I have debate bro Ben Burgess. And this is this is what your people like to be called, right? Debate bros? Yeah, thank you for using the preferred term. 
Okay, yeah. I just I just wanted to make sure that that you know I I'm I'm uh, respecting your community's wishes. So, <laughs> so yeah, uh, and and you know Ben, you do this stuff all the time, probably uh, to the detriment of your health, uh, but I think hopefully for the good of I think hopefully for the good of the left. Um, I think I think you do a good job. I'm a fan of your work, and and so you know I wanted to, and so we're just, uh, and so I pitched it to Ben uh, on mm-hmm. Friday morning after I got off the show. After I got yeah. off this right-wing talk radio show, and I was like, "Hey Ben, uh, you know, can you help me with, uh, you know, I, I want you to react because you do debate mm-hmm. reviews on your show all mm-hmm. the time. That's one of the mm-hmm. that's one of your that's one of your things on the show is you'll you'll find a debate and you will, um, you know, you will you, you'll just watch it, you'll react to it, and you'll say, "Wow, hey, this was a really good argument," or "How, wow, hey, that was that was really really stupid." And so, I want to kind of get your take on the. Um, on my appearance, and I uh, uh, and I sent it to you just in case you wanted to pre-watch. I think that's yep. what the streamers call it. But um, but you, you said you didn't have time to do that, and I think maybe even that works better because mm-hmm. the point is ostensibly that we want to assess what a cold audience is going to take from my appearance, right. um, and especially what a right-wing audience, right? You know, I mean, this audience, yeah. this is the local talk radio morning show. So these are going to be, I don't know, probably 80% of the people that listen to this show are going to vote in the Republican primary is, is right. my understanding of this audience. So, so I want to see, I want to see what you think about this. And, and maybe at some point I'll, I'll even bring on a, maybe a conservative to, to react to it. We'll yeah. see. I think that would be yeah. interesting. Uh, yeah. That's interesting. Actually. I wonder, that's probably true. I was just thinking I can remember, you know, cause I'm old. I can remember like, listening to right-wing talk radio while i was like driving around just because like the options were like music or npr or mm-hmm. like hate listening to rush limbaugh you know so like right. sometimes i would do the last one right. uh, but you know we do have more options now so yeah i've, I've got to imagine the great majority of people are like true believers yeah yeah that's um i i still hate listen to uh folks like Rush Limbaugh and I listen to these local local people a lot um mm-hmm. and I and I the the two um right wing the two right wing state media outlets are part of my home tabs uh not because okay. they're good uh but because I want to see what yeah, these yeah, people yeah. are saying so sure. yeah so um so we'll just go ahead we'll just yep. go ahead and jump into it I had I had our our fantastic graphics and audio and and video guy uh joe harrison pull the audio from the podcast feed that they have and and do us up some some audio waveforms and so we're going to go ahead and and jump into that and we're going to start reacting to it this is my appearance friday morning at 6 a.m i got up at 6 a.m it's ridiculous and then i went into work it's ridiculous. 6 a.m. on the Dale Jackson Show in Huntsville, Alabama. All right, let's move into uh, the first part of this program. Uh, you've heard him on this program uh, before. Uh, he is very adamant about the labor issues he advocates. His name is Jacob Morrison. Uh, he hosts the Valley Labor Report here on WVNN. And, man, I don't know. I think that show's been going on for like three years, four years, maybe longer than that. Uh, it is a... Uh, Fat check, two years. Two years. <laughs> the leading labor show, I think, in the South. I mean, he is 
all over the place, and um, I think he does a, a lot of good work for, for his cause. Don't agree with him on a lot of but that's perfectly fine. Jacob Morrison, uh, the Secretary Treasurer of North Alabama Area Labor Council, uh, and again, the host of the Valley Labor Report right here on WVNN. Uh, Jacob, thank you very much uh, for coming on the program here today. Uh, before we get into your thing, I, I want to ask you about Tua uh, from last night. Uh, Tua, former Alabama quarterback, now Dolphins quarterback, had a concussion on Sunday. I think he had another massive concussion yesterday. His career could be over, and the NFL has a, a pretty strong labor union. I think most people would be jealous of the power the NFL players have, even though we pretend they don't have that much power. they got a lot of power. The NFL PA seems rather pissed about this. But what culpability does Tua himself have for going out there on the field? He obviously told those coaches he wanted to play. Is this a labor issue as well? Uh, yeah, I, I think it is. I, I think it is a labor issue. And, and, you know, that's evidenced by the NFLPA going out there and, and you know, saying that there's um, that, that they're going to be doing an investigation into this. And, and maybe we'll see some some charges brought up for violations of the contract specifically. Uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know specifically what <clears throat> the player's contract looks like with the NFL. But uh, you were talking to me in the break and, and you said, uh, you know, and, and you're much more plugged into the sports stuff than I am. But yeah. everybody knows, apparently, that you don't send somebody out with a concussion within four or five days. And, and, and they did that. And I can't imagine. The Which let's stop there. Isn't that that's crazy. Apparently, apparently they sent Tua, who is who is like Dale said, a former Alabama quarterback. And now he's a Dolphins, Dolphins, something or another. And they sent him out. After he had a concussion within four or five days, that's insane. Yeah, and, and ever there was no like it wasn't like he'd somehow secretly had a concussion. Like you right. know, like everybody knew this had happened. That's crazy. That's super crazy. And and we're gonna be getting um uh Bradley Alsop and and maybe Emma Vigelin on on in uh, mm -hmm. overtime mm -hmm. next week to talk about so. some sports labor stuff. Uh, so we'll probably be digging into that some more next Saturday. But uh, but yeah, th this the story uh, I I didn't know about it when I came on the show. Uh, so I was uh. really kind of commenting on this cold. But the more I've read about it, uh. it's just super super crazy. The NFLPA not having that having something about that in their contract and so so it seems pretty likely that that their contract was violated and and um and if it was then then you know the nfl needs to hold up their end of the bargain and and uh you know pay pay out because like you said if if his career if his career is over then this is you know tens of millions of dollars um and you know, just in the monetary value, not to mention the quality of life that that's going to be different, the uh, the the pain and suffering, and, and all of this. Uh, so so it it sounds like a very serious issue. Yeah, I, I, it's a very sad to uh, again to start Alabama. Uh, he was uh, probably the best guy, best player so far this year in the NFL. Just really sad uh, to see all of this go on for a bunch of different reasons. All right, let's talk about your story. Uh, this this website, uh, I, I always mispronounce. It. I call it J Jacobin, but it's Jacobin. Is that correct? Uh, it's Jacob Jacobin is how how I've always pronounced it. Okay, so I, I is that right? Is it Jacobin? Yeah. <laughs> okay, it, that 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 is right. I I I wonder if he actually doesn't know that, but yeah, that's right. He, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. Although I will, 
Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Sometimes I'll purposely mispronounce a dummy's name, so maybe that's what he's doing there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I think there might be some of that, but yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, uh, you wrote, Alabama Attorney General is chasing right-wing media instead of defending workers. Um, you talk about a couple of outlets. Uh, I, I know you're referring to talk radio. I know you're referring to some of the uh, print outlets, uh, 1819 News, which you call a Coke-funded outlet because they got like $14,000 in 2012. Um, mm -hmm. But... Uh, and this is something that they always do, like, oh, they only got so much money. Uh, first, the Koch Foundation, it's like it is indicative whether it was ha the amount of money is almost indifferent. The fact that the Koch Foundation is giving them money is yeah, the thing. something that they, they thought it would be in their interest to give money to. Uh, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Also, like, I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd like, I'd like fourteen thousand. Like, like if somebody, uh, somebody gave me fourteen thousand dollars for my show, I, I wouldn't, you know, I would be like, oh man, that's really, like, that's right. it. Like, you know, you're insulting me. Fourteen thousand. <laughs> right, and also that's only the public stuff. That's right. uh, that you know, I, who knows how much the the Koch brothers have given through other channels, but that's right. we know for a fact. $14,000 came directly from, you know, basically Charles Koch or whatever. Like, he wrote a check for $14,000. It's public. But, you know, we don't know what, what all the backdoor, how, how else they're giving money to 1819 News. Because 1819 News, you don't know this, you're not from Alabama. Right. 1819 News just came out within the past year. And their website, actually, let me show you their website. Their website yeah. is very, very nice. Um, they've got this fancy website. And it's uh oh wait not not dot om it's dot com um look at this wow look at that website that's a nice looking website and they've got like podcasts which do not do as good as the Valley Labor Report but anyway and they've yeah. got like full time full time staff I mean let me see if I can find the um. Let me see if I can find the the their their team here. Look at all these people. Look at all these people for a startup outlet. Yeah, they totally <laughs> only got fourteen thousand dollars from right wing billionaires. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and all and again, I think that um, I mean, I'm sure you're right. Like the you know, Cokes like probably drew you know probably do donate or I guess it's just one Coke left at this point, but whatever. He probably does uh, donate most. Oh, wow. Uh, donate yeah. Sorry. I, I just realized that I hadn't transitioned to this, the, this, uh, I, I've got it on studio mode at OBS in OBS and I hadn't transitioned it, but look at all these people that they've got here. These are all full-time yeah. people. And this is what their site looks like. Yeah. And, and also like, uh, you know, Charles, that's the one who's still alive. Like, uh, Charles Koch is not the only right-wing rich person. Right. Uh, so, like, you know, <laughs> if he wrote a check, you know, I think it's I think it's safe to say that even aside from it, I think he might have donated through other channels. Uh, probably other people, uh, other people also also wrote them checks. I mean, I I don't, you know, I mean, I I don't, you know, maybe they've got a Patreon that's supporting all those people. <laughs> you know, you just uh, you know you just went through. But well, and eighteen nineteen news a... is also a wholly owned subsidiary of the Alabama Policy Institute, which is a big right wing think tank in Alabama. Um, so, yeah, we'll yeah. Uh, it's. Pretty yeah. pretty disingenuous um, retort there.
by Dale. Yeah, I, I mean, usually, usually what I get is, or I, you know, usually what I see is people like emphasizing how many like small donors they have. Um, mm-hmm. I remember, uh, remember James O'Keefe did that. I, I remember watching. I remember watching. Uh, I don't even remember with who is our oh the uh, Charlie Kirk. Hassan Piker or Hassan made a big deal about the the donations and he you know he like sort of it's like oh we have however many you know we have 10 gazillion right. you know small donors right, it's like right. okay I'm sure you do right but like what percentage of the money comes from them right and what percentage right. of the money comes yeah. from like the top 10 of those you know 10 gazillion people really super disingenuous and I didn't I didn't respond to this on the air but like his audience has to know that this is this is stupid what he's saying I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think that's probably okay because, like, you can't. I yeah, mean, you can't respond, respond to everything these people say, and I don't. And there's some other stuff that that I didn't respond to as well that we'll see. But yeah, and but I mean, I I think that like he's the one saying they got a fourteen thousand dollar check from Coke, so like I I think you can. I, I I don't think you necessarily need to like spend a minute being like right. uh, you know, like spelling out all the all of the ways in which that might be misleading. I mean, like <laughs> right. it's like clearly they're getting money from right wing rich people. Right. The premise of your article here is uh, Steve Marshall is fighting these fights against uh, Joe Biden. Uh, Steve Marshall is fighting these fights against mandates and things like that, which is I think a labor issue. Uh, I, I I think. And I respond to this. I do not mention anything about his fight against mandates uh, in here. And, and we'll we'll see how I respond and, and what you think about that. But let's um, but but yeah, my article is he 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 he's basically, you know, cat, uh, um, characterizing it correctly. This is my article and article in Jacobin. Alabama's attorney general is chasing right wing media instead of defending workers. Uh, I'm going to be we're going to have it on the screen um, during uh, during some of the re- reaction parts where I, I'm going to pull some quotes. It was also the Alabama political reporter, which is a local, maybe more liberal uh liberal folks they're kind of weird sometimes i don't know but they i asked them if they wanted to republish it and they did but um when i refer to the article we'll be using jacobin because jacobin paid me alabama political reporter did not so (laughs) Uh, you'd find a lot of people maybe in the labor movement who didn't appreciate being told they had to get vaccines and things of that nature Uh, but you think he's not focusing enough on where he should be focusing his attention. Where should his attention be? Yeah, well, I, I do want to make a quick correction there. Um, I did not mention his fights about the mandates. Um, if, oh, no, I, if, I know that. Hold on. Hold on. I know that. I, what I'm saying is the, the broader tenor of your article is he's chasing right-wing media, uh, and the way he's doing that is by fighting fights that are not necessarily these labor fights you want him to be fighting. I, I'm just pointing out that one of those big fights has been vaccine mandates etc sorry go ahead sure sure and and you know on, on the vaccine mandate you know I, I, you'll remember a year ago we were really hitting uh the united launch alliance for firing workers over there in decatur for not taking the vaccine in what we believe is a violation of their union contract we covered that story extensively and we also covered the fact that uh Yellowhammer news who has extensive sponsorship by the united launch alliance did not cut co- 
put a single article out about this. We also covered that the Alabama Department of Labor did not do anything about this. And frankly, Attorney General Marshall did not do anything about ULA workers being fired for not getting vaccines uh, in what I believe, what we believe is a violation of their contract. Now, so I want to I'm I'm going to explain the situation uh, and and will maybe you can you can say if, if you have some opinions about um, yeah. a, about this. But but we did we did cover this. Uh, we, we did a few stories about it. Um, ULA's unforgiving vaccine mandate with David Story. He's the president of the machinist union over there. Um, we did an update here and we talked about their strike vote that they took, um, who, which was kind of in conjunction with that. But what happened here was, um, and I was so, I mean, he could not have picked a worse thing to talk about there. because, But but what had happened is that the union at the United Launch Alliance was pushing vaccines really heavily. They were pushing sure. vaccines so heavily that 97% of their members got vaccines. Mm-hmm. You know, White working class, the you know machinists right. in Alabama. I mean, you know, something like 40 percent of their members are black. But this is this is going to be their conception of, of a machinist group in Alabama. Ninety seven percent of these people got vaccines. There was only twelve people that did not get vaccines, and uh, the membership that were, was vaccinated weren't interested in seeing these people, in seeing these people fired. And so they negotiated an agreement with the company. Uh, laying out laying out options for them to be exempt from the vaccine, including uh, and, and, and they even said, if you've had covid and your doctor says you shouldn't have it because of this or that immune immunity reason or something, mm-hmm. then you it, then if you test positive for the antibodies, then um, then you don't have to you, then you don't have you, you're, you know, we're not going to fire you. And that seems reasonable to me. And mm-hmm. actually. One of the people that was fired, the guy was undergoing chemotherapy and his doctor said, you should get the vaccine, but not right now. And ULA fired the guy. ULA fired the guy in violation of their contract. And so we talked about this and, you know, obviously we're like, hey, uh, you should get vaccinated because it's good to get vaccinated. And 97 and you're not going to increase the safety of this workplace by getting 10 more people vaccinated out of, you know, 300 and so that was our opinion of it. That was our opinion on the issue. And like I said, Yellowhammer News, one of the premier right-wing outlets in the state, they didn't cover it at all. And let's just see, let's just see if if we go and we get a a um a ULA ad from Yellowhammer if I go to the if I go to the website right now. Because um it's really almost any time you go to the site, you get a um, you get a ULA ad. Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> oh, man, we're not getting one right now. Let's see. Well, shoot. Yeah. What a bummer. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, by, I mean, you know, my favorite part of that was the was at the the tail end that the uh, the attorney general also <laughs> wasn't actually uh, wasn't actually doing anything for these people, you know. Since um, you know whatever you want to say about the uh, you know the like mandate stuff, and you know I I, I think um, I mean I think some of it is a little bit complicated because like mm-hmm. you know like looking at 
pollinated stuff, like lots of, um, you know, when I know when like Biden did the the mandate for uh, for the you know companies with federal contracts, you know, that, here we go. Uh, that, <laughs> the, uh, um, you know that like the like the majority of um, you know the majority of like support for that was like definitely high enough that the um, that like it, it it does you know it does screw a little bit with the uh, with the idea that like most people in these jobs don't you know don't want the uh, don't want the mandate and there's there's an issue in both directions because about you know uh, workplace safety and all that stuff but also like you know also yeah this is a great you know this is perfect because because um, you know because in this case. I mean, this is, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the cynical read on like what I've listened to so far would be uh, would be that he's like sort of tried to do all of this stuff that uh, would sort of paint you as being like, I don't paint know. Paint me like, as being hypocritical. Yeah, paint you as being hypocritical and, and you know, and, and I think also sort of like pivot to like culture war stuff that you'd be seen as being on the other the other side of right like that that's right. like like in a, in a weird way i think even starting out by talking about football you know might you know might even fit into that but like uh but definitely the uh, definitely the vaccine thing you know and uh and so so yeah i mean the fact that you can say no i mean like here's a you know here's a case where people actually were being fired for not being vaccinated and and, and we were and we were all over it and and this guy that we're arguing about was not <laughs> and I didn't mention it in the article. Like I don't know why he brought that up, but well, you, I think you 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 uh, you characterized a good reason why he probably brought it up. So, and so you know, even on this issue where you would say he's fighting, I think that I think that he let he leaves a lot to be desired. Well, I, I would argue um, I did write about the firing at the United Launch Alliance. The only and, and now you can correct me. The only time that I ever saw. The ULA firing, which, you know, let's remember, ULA is a big sponsor of Yellowhammer News. You cannot open Yellowhammer News without seeing a ULA ad on the banner. The only time I ever saw ULA fire, uh, the ULA uh, situation being mentioned in Yellowhammer was in your seven things as one of seven things without much context. Yeah, well, that's what the seven things is. Uh, so I, I I do videos and uh, columns there are videos and the, the seven thing there. Uh, so I did mention it. So I just wanted to point mm -hmm. that out. But there was never actually a story on it. It was mentioned <laughs> in his news roundup, but there was never a dedicated article to this story in Yellowhammer. Yeah, um, I, 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 was... I work at Yellowhammer. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say it's like also I don't know. I mean, what's I mean, I mean, it just seems like the obvious thing is like, okay, in this case too, even if he had done a whole thing about it, like, like, what's the real like long term solution? You know that like, okay, he doesn't like people being fired for this because you know because of the you know culture war politics, the pandemic, but like, um, but you know, do you actually want like labor law to be such that it's like generally harder, you know, harder to unjustly fire people? Right. And he doesn't. <laughs> Ever knew, so I will tell you right now, they've never once said, don't do this, don't do that. So I, I'm not concerned about that part of it. Uh, but. Yeah, sure. No. And actually, there was a really good article in the Columbia Journalism Review about Yellowhammer News and about how Yellowhammer News killed a story from one of their editors that was against the the editor in chief's preferred candidate for U.S. Senate. 
Uh, <laughs> it's it, yeah. I I also like. You know they love doing this stuff that like well nobody's told me to you know told me what to do or not do. It's like no, I mean also you wouldn't be. Uh, it's it's like in the um, you know in that in that James O'Keefe debate there was a point where you know where he was like did this like super earnest you know nobody no donor has ever told me right. story do or not do and I would I would testify to that under oath. It's like. And and my friend Jason for this revolution was in the audience. So I remember him heckling. You know, it's like that's not how donors work, right? You know? Yeah, read read Noam Chomsky's manufacturing consent. You wouldn't get you wouldn't have the job if they had to tell you what to say. And in fact, another thing about Yellowhammer News is I have tried multiple times over the course of the coal miner strike to pitch them an article for them to run even for free. And they never run it, even when I, I just asked them to republish my recent piece for In These Times about Joe Biden not doing anything for them. And they didn't run it. Yeah. Because they're not going to give people like me a job at Yellowhammer News. Yeah. And I mean, even when, the, even when it's about, uh, you know, I mean, even when, the, even when it's criticizing, you know, President Brandon, that's like the one thing right. that you can't criticize him for. Yep. Yeah. The premise of the article is Steve Marshall hasn't done enough. Uh, here to work for these workers. You reference these uh, six individuals who have lost their life at that Amazon facility in Bessemer. Mm-hmm. Now, I I, I, I want to understand this. Are they dying at work or are they dying of other issues? Uh, there are at least some of them have died at work. Uh, one, uh, I know for a fact that one of them was found in... Um, in, I believe, a break room after having had a heat stroke, and then he died um, because he was not allowed. He was not allowed to take a break, and and then and then he basically did, and he killed over. And I think that uh, some I, I'm not terribly familiar with a, a, every single one of these deaths, um, but I, I know uh, that one, and I believe that most of these are, are going to be pretty similar. Um, you know, Amazon is not uh, allowing their work. Amazon's not allowing their workers to take needed breaks. Um, and, and, and things like this. And, and so at least, at least, and, and this information coming from, from the workers over there is, uh, is several months old, is, is something like eight or nine months old. And uh, they, and, and, and at that time, six workers were, uh, six workers had died since the union campaign began in 2020 at that Bessemer Amazon facility. And this is just one place. And, and you know, and, and but you are right. You, you did accurately capture the, the thrust of the. And so before we I think the critique here is that I wasn't solid enough about the facts of the case, uh, the facts of this case. And I think maybe, um, you know, maybe his audience would say, like, I don't know enough. But but in my defense, that was only that wasn't one of the things that I spent a lot of time in the article about. Um, so I wasn't prepared really to talk about that. Um, but it is it is true. And and if he had followed this link, if he had actually wanted to learn more about these six workers, he could have come over here to More Perfect Union and watched this video. Two workers died within hours of each other. We sat down with workers. Amazon tried to silence to hear their story. Now he worked the night shift, so it was before the day shift, which I worked day shift. He had died. Can you hear this, Ben? Mm-hmm. Apparently he had an, um, a stroke and died inside the trailer. 
from my understanding, he was inside the trailer for probably 20 minutes before someone realized he hadn't seen him and went in the trailer and found him on the floor dead. He had gone to HR and said, I'm not feeling so well. Can I please go home? Because, you know, a lot of folks, even myself, we don't even have enough UPT, which is unpaid time off, right? And if you go negative, they'll get rid of you like that. And so a lot of people are terrified of that. And this dude, he didn't have enough to go home. And so what HR told him was, you're just going to have to speak to management and see what they can do. And just, you know, go back to your station and figure things out. I guess he spoke to his manager and his manager told him the same, the same message that you just don't have enough UPT. And so they're effectively telling him it's either you go home and lose your job or you just stay here and keep working through the pain. And that's what he did. He was not supposed to be in a trailer by himself. They always supposed to be someone in the trailer or at the end of the trailer to keep an eye on you, just in case something falls on you. And he was in there by himself. So that we all know was uh, wrong. On the day that this man had passed, his ship died, there was another person who had to be put in an ambulance. They brought a wheelchair wheeled him to the front where fire truck and ambulance were waiting for him to the hospital uh, and he passed. So that was two people passed away in less than uh, six hours. They actually come around and tell people not to talk about it and to go, go back to work. A coworker of mine, he went up to this one manager and asked him like, what happened with the man who had passed away. Management told him straight to his face, I don't know what you're talking about. That's the most disrespectful thing on the planet. Like, why would you, why would you say something like that? There's no shutdown. There's no moment of silence. There's no time to sit and, um, and have a prayer. A couple of people that worked directly with him or knew him good uh, was badly shaken up. Uh, a couple of them wanted to go home and were not allowed to go home. So yeah, I think that's that's uh, that's enough of the the summary for that, you know, for the, and so I hate that I I wasn't more prepared for that question, but I don't know. I guess it is what it is. You have any thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's fine to to say you know that you don't know, although, um, it's also like. I mean the way the way that he's presenting it makes it sound like um you know makes it sound like he thinks that like maybe these are like you know people who I don't know they they uh you know they died of um you know natural like, causes and the union is blaming it on Amazon yeah yeah and and so I I I think like you know I, I mean I think it doesn't hurt to be like just you know, just a little bit aggressive about it. Like, just, just be like, look, um, here's one case that I definitely do know about. Here's what else I know that Amazon has crazy injury rates. Like workplace safety is really bad, even by the standards of the warehouse industry. Right. So it's not actually that surprising, you know, that you're going to get these fatalities at work. Yeah. The article, which is that I think that um, Steve Marshall is Go, is spending a, a lot of time, and, and you know, I, I don't know that I could say that he, he's not working 
he's spending a lot of time and, and he's he's working on things that I think are, are frankly mostly immaterial and and in some cases unpopular and that ranges from silly and, and hypocritical to to really really um to really radically i think negatively impacting people's material lives and, and so we can go from you know the silly is this censorship form that he's got on the you know using using public money to have this censorship form on his uh uh on the alabama attorney general's office like if you get blocked on twitter or if, if twitter does something to you and 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 you know this is whatever i'm i, I have always been maybe more free speech than than some people uh, i think that you know what twitter and facebook do with um with with canceling people I, i've never been i've never been one for that and and i've spoken about that on the show um i, I think it's funny that he blocked me on twitter for never for <laughs> for for only pointing out his actual record um, now this is <laughs> this is pretty funny i think so he has this article here or he has a form on his website that's like a the an actual you know uh, Alabama <laughs> government form, a social media censorship Dude. form. This is just which, hilarious. Which 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 is what's like? What are they even pretending they're gonna do with that? Right, exactly. And he blocked me. Look at this. He blocked me on Twitter after this. As your attorney general. Steve Marshall says, I'm proud to stand for life. Well, you know, look, if he stands for life, I point out that while promising to prosecute VA doctors if they provide an abortion, the office of Stephen here, Alabama Attorney General, refuses to say they will prosecute those responsible for the systemic use of children at Hyundai manufacturing plants. I think, you know, that is accurate and uh, hypocritical. And then he blocked me. Yeah, I, I mean that's just like I'm just imagining, I'm just imagining like uh, the uh, the I don't know intern at the attorney general's office whose whose job is to forward all of the social media complaints to Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> like they didn't do anything about these either. Sorry, boss. Yeah, I, it's just it's so it's so kind of silly because it's like what what is anybody like. Yeah, I mean, like you, I, I agree. You know, I'd, I'd like, I'd like Twitter to have better free speech policies, but like also the power of the Alabama attorneys and general's office to, to like change their policies is non-existent. Like there's, there's, right. there is, there is no, you know, legally at present, Twitter has every right to, to, to have whatever, whatever moderation policies they want to, uh, which. You know, hey, I mean, you, you want to talk about doing something about that? We could like nationalize Twitter and run right. public, you know, public utility or something. Then, then I'm all for it. But like, Dale has it, not mentioned that option on his show. Yeah, I mean, nobody's um, like it, it. Just you know, this just could not be more performative. It's like, okay, what's the what's the base upset about this week? Twitter censorship. Mm -hmm. What can we do? Literally nothing. Well. We could put a form on the website so that we could do a press right. release saying we're taking action about it. Yeah. Um, you know, despite being a free speech warrior. Um, uh, but, you know, that's that's fine, I guess. That's not a terribly material issue, especially when we consider that, you know, working people are uh, are are retaliated against for their speech in the workplace all the time.
And so, you know, if you're thinking about forming a union, if you're thinking about organizing a union, you are very likely to face retaliation from the boss illegally, I might add. And, um, and, and you know, there's nothing on that. Now, this is a federal that, you know, the, the people that would be investigating this would be the federal NLRB. And, and so but of course, he can use his bully pulpit in the same way that he is with this censorship form. Also, you know, the silly and hypocritical stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, he can't. Obviously, he's the Alabama attorney general. He, it's not like he can go out there and prosecute Starbucks for firing these people that were fired in uh, uh, in Scottsboro. But if he wants to put the same amount of effort into protecting free speech for workers as he does into protecting free speech for aggrieved boomers, he could make right. a, you know, a worker censorship form, something like that. Hey, hey at least that would. At least that would he could uh, the the intern could could at least forward it to the NLRB that might do something about it. Right. <laughs> whereas you know, whereas like you know, with the uh, with the Twitter censorship forum, I, I don't know who there even is to forward it to except for Twitter, who like are the people doing it? So presumably right. they don't care. <laughs> he sent a letter to BlackRock the other day, and when I saw this news, I I, I just saw the headline something about a letter to BlackRock. And when I saw that, I said, surely there's nothing there can't there can't possibly there can't possibly be anything that the Alabama attorney general could want to talk to BlackRock about other than the coal miners strike. We've got a thousand coal miners on strike in Alabama against a partially for a real long. They've been on strike for a real long time. We got to take a time out here. Hold on. I want to come back. We'll talk about what Steve Marshall wanted to talk to them about. And, yeah. and then we'll wrap this up. Thanks a lot. Uh, we got J- uh, Jacob Morrison, a Valley Labor Report. We got to take a quick timeout. We'll do that right now. We'll come right back. What did Steve Marshall want to talk to them about? He thought it should have been about the coal miner strike. We'll find out what it actually was. Stay tuned. Dale Jackson. News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Dale Jackson here with you. Jacob Morrison from the Valley Labor Report joins us. Uh, He has uh, written an article uh, criticizing Steve Marshall and the right-wing media here in Alabama for not uh, focusing on labor issues enough. We've talked a couple of those. He thinks Steve Marshall should be going after uh, BlackRock. Uh, There's a strike here in the great state of Alabama. Uh, Steve Marshall uh, did not mention that when he wrote a letter to the BlackRock CEO. What did he mention? What, what What did he mention? Yeah, so the the thrust of that article was he takes issue with some of their investment decisions, with social responsibility, uh, environmental social social responsibility, and governance scores, and and which again, you know, I think they've got every right to do that. They're they're a private actor. I, I, you know, I, I think that mostly those things are silly. They're kind of like greenwashing. They're not really material, um, and and it's just for the good press that they're going to get in the mainstream media. Oh, look at this. You know, uh, they're making progressive investment decisions when in actuality, they're really not doing it. They're really not doing much of anything at all to change the way that they are investing money. Um, and, and you know, th- that was frustrating 
I think the worst is the actions that he's taken on abortion. And 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 I mentioned this and and I mentioned this in contrast with the lack of action that we've seen about him in on child labor. And y'all can read my article. It's a, the Alabama Political Reporter also published it as well. Um you know, I have issues with some things that they do, but whatever. I'm I'm fine to uh have my have my content anywhere that'll have it. Mm. But uh and I don't mention what he does on abortion to say you should not be anti-abortion. Um, I mention what he does because it is, I think, radical and unpopular. I think if you look at some of the things that he's doing, I think that they're unpopular, even among a mainstream pro-life opinion. They're unpopular, and his lack of action on child labor in Alabama is also unpopular. Dale, I know that you've talked about this issue with Hyundai in Montgomery, but it's really startling, and it's startling what he knew and what he didn't do about it. He knew about this. So, you know, we know about the the situation with with Hyundai in in Montgomery. They faced What do you mean he knew? What do you mean he knew? He knew. So I so yeah. He knew the the Enterprise Police Department alerted the Alabama Attorney General's office of this situation where 12-year-old children are working in a Hyundai facility with $50,000 in OSHA fines, which they don't go around giving those willy-nilly. They notified his office in February, in February of this year. Reuters made this public in July of this year. He knew about this for five months. He knew that there were 12-year-old children working in a facility with amputation hazards, and he didn't do anything about it. He didn't make any statements about it. Who There's no indication him? that who he has moved forward. Who, oh, who notified him? The Enterprise Police Department. Enterprise or Dothan. They, did the, they, did, but they stopped it, right? Like That's the whole deal. They went in and found that, that there was a temp agency uh, using fake uh, – well, they were using workers who were using fake IDs and whatnot in order to get these jobs. What do you want him to do? I want him to prosecute the executives – that are responsible for this because yeah, but see, and that and that's where the the disconnect is. The disconnect is you want the executives to who in the temp agencies are where this is happening. They hire temp agencies. The oh, temp agencies, come on, Dave. hold on, hold on. Uh, we're running out of time here. I'm going to give you another segment here because I, I want to get into this. But here's what's going on here: the temp agencies. And this happens everywhere. Chicken plants everywhere across the entire state of Alabama and the country. Mm-hmm. They say, "Hey, show me your documents." They show them documents that are clearly fake. And they say, okay, we'll hire you, and then they're hired into these facilities. That's what happens. That's how they they get in there. We'll bring Jacob Morrison back in here in just a second. I just want to lay this out here real quick because when I was down in Florida, I was working at a yeah. So uh, our our video guy cut the break cut the break out, but he he came back because he he did some ad reads or something I think. But uh, so so we're we're on the other side of a break now, and um and he's about to he's about to backtrack. Because clearly, Ben, so you're listening to this cold, clearly what you just heard here sounds like a justification and a reason why we should not actually be prosecuting executives, executives, right? Totally, yeah. That they, yeah. That they had no way of knowing because the, uh, the temp agency supplied the workers and, uh, and, nobody, who, uh, and nobody who actually works at Hyundai uh, has any idea like what a 12 year old looks like and you know, what, right. you know how that might be different from how an 18 year old looks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this is, uh, and, and I just want to point out from the Reuters piece and, and I didn't get to, to come in and mention that, that like the enterprise police department, they didn't stop it. It stopped 
because Hyundai was worried potentially about an investigation. But the Hyundai Police Department does not have the jurisdiction to prosecute labor law or immigration violations. This is from the Reuters article that initially broke the story. The police force in Enterprise, about 45 miles from the plant in Laverne, doesn't have jurisdiction to investigate possible labor law violations. Instead, the force notified the state attorney general's office after the incident. So this is going to be in February. Mike Lewis, a spokesperson, declined to comment. And so between February and July, when the Reuters piece came out, Alabama attorney general didn't say anything about it. And since the piece came out, he hasn't said anything about it. There's been no tweet, no statement, nothing. You would not, from Steve Marshall's public presence, know that he is aware that this has happened. Yeah, I, I mean, which is also, like, um, also just like this is like a really egregious uh, instance <laughs> of, uh, of of law breaking that's that's happening in a state, and um, and even if you. I mean, even if you don't think the executive should have been prosecuted, which, you know, I mean, I think that I think that passing the buck, you know, saying that it's like mm -hmm. only the fault of the temp, temp agency, right, that the, the uh, uh, is is ridiculous. But if but even accepting that, it's like, OK, so it's like, you, you, you know, he was too busy, like collecting complaints about uh, about people, uh, people getting bad from Twitter, <laughs> like to, like 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 yeah. I mean, clearly, this is not a guy who objects to sort of performatively showing mm -hmm. how concerned he is when things happen like he can't even do that for this right very frustrating very frustrating video station down there and in panama city it was in the middle of all their growth right before uh, the 2007 2008 uh, market crash and it was kind of interesting because we talked to the folks who do you know workplace enforcement and stuff and, and they would tell us they'd be like look they go to these temp agencies and they write down a social security number on like a piece of cardboard that they cut out and they give it to them. And the temp agencies accept it. Now, don't think for a second that Hyundai doesn't know they do this. Uh, they're using these temp agencies. That would not be what one would come across. <laughs> See, he's starting to backtrack. That would not be the opinion that somebody listening to it cold who believes everything Dale says would come away with if they stopped listening before this break. No as an arm, uh, a way to stiff arm the responsibility off to somebody else. And if they get caught, then it's the problem with the temp agency. Okay. I, I agree with all of that. Trying the CEO of Hyundai uh, for that, or the executives seems like it's gonna be a hard thing to do, which is why I don't think you see anyone doing it on any level. Do I think they should? Yes. I think totally. they should actually, I kind of agree with Jacob Morrison on this. They all know what they're doing. Okay, so get Steve Marshall to prosecute the CEO. Right in this country to generally say, let the workers work here foreign, or let the foreign workers work here illegally because we want with Jacob Morrison on this. They all know what they're doing, but there has been an agreement between the left and the right in this country to generally say, let the workers work here foreign, or let the foreign workers work here illegally because we want the cheap labor. I mean, that that's what's happened here. I, I agree with that part uh, of it, but I don't know what the attorney general is supposed to do and go in here and, and put the screws to these guys. What is he supposed to do, Jacob? What would happen to you, Dale, if you endangered a child? I don't know, it depends. Am I, am I an educator protected by that teacher's union or am I just a normal person? 
fuck's sake? Uh, well, no. I mean, if you actually endanger a child on the job uh, as a teacher, then uh, you do go to jail. And you do not see, uh, you know, unlike, let's say, cop unions, you know, you don't see teacher unions going out and, prevent, uh, and, and defending uh, teachers who are convicted of, you know, sexual assault. Or they something. absolutely right. do do that. That's exactly that's one of the big problems. Uh, and uh, the, the case I'm referencing is the one that we know about yesterday, where you have a teacher going up to 13 uh, year old kids and going, "Hey, you like girls? Hey, little boy, do you like boys?" And we, they won't even tell us what the discipline is in that situation because there's none. So. Yeah. So this is a local story that that you wouldn't be aware of, but apparently there is a teacher. Um, there was a teacher in a, in a Madison, in a Huntsville City uh, middle school that sent out a quest, a get to know you questionnaire. And one of the questions for the children to answer was like, are it, it was it was something like, are, are you gay? Basically, like, do you like boys or do you like girls? And like, she was disciplined for this. She was, you know, the, the school issued an apology because I, I don't think that's an appropriate question for a teacher to be at like super weird but that is not that is so far removed from the degree of harm that we're talking about to children well that's that i mean like yes that that's an inappropriate question to ask but uh but it doesn't really deserve to be in the same uh the same conversation as exposing uh exposing children to amputation hazard it's so so i mean really I was blind. I was blindsided by. It. I did not expect that to to come up. And also, just for the record, um, the national president of the Fraternal Order of Police, which is the largest cop union in the country, has been on Dale's show to defend a Huntsville cop literally convicted of murder, literally convicted by a right wing DA in Madison County of murder by a jury of his peers. And the National Fraternal Order of Police is still going out there defending him, is trying to appeal his case to get him out of jail. He's in jail right now serving a murder sentence. And he has been on Dale's show defending this convicted murderer, saying he was following protocols and he's an innocent man and he's a good man. Piece of shit. We can debate that, but I want to stay on this here for a second. So the attorney general... What do you want him to do? You want him to go arrest the the CEO of Hyundai, or who's he? Who should you go after? I think that we should. I think that we should be looking at criminal penalties for people. Uh, you know, regional directors, um, uh, and and executives, people on the board of maybe and and maybe even the CEO. Because if I if I knew that I was going to be putting children in nearly the type of danger that they were in in this Hyundai facility, which, you know, uh, uh, any manufacturing facility and manufacturing facilities are specifically called out in Alabama law for a reason, right? So any any manufacturing facility is going to be dangerous by nature of the work. But this manufacturing facility has had $50,000 in OSHA fines over the last 10 years, including for amputation hazards, right? So these are not these are not even normally unsafe. These are particularly unsafe working conditions. If I put a child in that same amount of risk, I would be going to jail. And so I'm asking for uh, the it, people that are responsible for these decisions, the executives, regional directors, you know, whoever is in charge of these decision decision making at Hyundai, to be held to the same uh, to account in the same way that a working person would be. And even if and and sure, this doesn't happen, and this doesn't happen in in. in 
in any state, frankly, you know, that I'm aware of. I think that there are some DAs and attorney generals that are doing more for workers than than others. But uh, but why wouldn't the attorney general of the state of Alabama be doing something? He hasn't so much as tweeted about this. And he and again, you know, you said you said that he uh, that, that, oh, this has stopped. Well, if I stop beating a child that I don't I don't just get to say like, oh, well, hey, you know, look, I've, I've stopped. This is, uh, you know, what? No, what no, no. The, the, on. the difference is the difference would be if you were arrested for beating a child and they went in and, and the police went in there and, and arrested the individuals uh, who were doing this. And the as you mentioned, the Enterprise Police did investigate and took action here. And then the mm-hmm. attorney general came in after them. that is fake news. They did not investigate and they did not take action. They found this person, the um, the child. What happened was there was an Amber Alert for the child because the 12-year-old child went missing because she went to Atlanta with a co-worker to look for more work. Um, and the parents were not aware of this trip that she took with a co-worker. And so they, they called the police looking for this missing child. The police found the missing child and they brought the missing child back to their parents because that was the scope of their authority. They did not stop. And I, I'm so frustrated myself that I didn't correct this on the air, but they did not stop it. Yeah. The fact it went well, out. No, we the, saw the, that. The, the, the National, hold on, hold on, the AG, hold on, hold on. Mayor Garland actually did this the other day. He, he did exactly that. Uh, police investigated. They cleared the individuals uh, involved. And then the Attorney General, Mayor Garland, sent the FBI to a pro-life guy's house because he got into a scuffle uh, with a guy outside of an abortion clinic. And they charged him with a felony and arrested him with like 30 FBI agents. So uh, maybe you want that on the local level. I, I do want to ask this. Do you want the attorney general? Sorry, I have no idea what he's talking about. I have no idea what he's talking about. So I don't even respond to that. But I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's also just a bizarre analogy. It's like, well, so here's something that like for the sake of argument that like Merrick Garland did that let's say you're completely right about the story that I've never heard of like, you know, was like. <laughs> overboard right you know is excessive so it's like well if, if sometimes attorney generals do things that are excessive they they shouldn't prosecute people who uh who like impl- illegally employ 12 year olds <laughs> in the incredibly dangerous conditions because like well look this guy got into a scuffle it wasn't really a big deal but they sent a bunch of fbi agents and that's way too much so maybe you want that like so in this analogy prosecuted executives for uh for exposing uh like 12 year olds to the risk of like being decapitated like you know that would be the analogy to the guy who gets into the scuffle outside the abortion clinic so weird so weird raiding every manufacturing facility in the state of alabama and going after those individuals does that mean is that what you want so uh, maybe you want that on the local level I, i do want to ask this do you want the attorney general raiding every manufacturing facility in the state of alabama and going after those individuals. Does that mean is that what you want? Yes. <laughs> I think that we should be seeing some action from the Attorney General of the state of Alabama to protect the children of Alabama from these uh, – From you It's know, not these... – no, I, I hate to do this, but I, I do need to say this. It's not the children of Alabama. Oh, my God. Okay? That, that's not what's happening here. They're bringing illegal immigrants across the border, and their parents and the father – the people that – Hold on. I, the further, I... Hold on. Hold on. The father of this young lady – was working right there with him or with her. And the reason that the police were called in that situation is not because somebody found out or anything like that. It was because she ran off with one of the other illegal immigrants that worked there. 
That, that's where all of this came from. Again, mm-hmm. not excusing it. I'm merely explaining what's going on. You, you say this is a huge labor issue, and I would agree. Illegal immigration it hurts the labor market and hurts the illegal immigrants in, in this way because it gives them very little power. Do you agree with that? Yes, yeah. So why, why have the unions been so slow to demonize illegal immigration for doing just that? I mean, wh- where is the labor union at screaming about this, demanding Steve Marshall get involved? Um, so the UAW has actually recently come out with a, a coalition of groups calling on uh, calling on Hyundai to take action. They haven't been calling on Steve Marshall to take action. I think this is this is mostly my you know uh, this this has been mostly my shtick. But but the UAW has has called for um, you know to to hunt. Uh, well, why do you think that is? Why have why are they not calling on Steve Marshall? Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Why 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 have they not been more adamant? Uh, about this. I mean, the leadership uh, of the big labor unions love illegal immigration. I don't get it. I don't understand it. It hurts their workers. It hurts their members. But they have been in love with this idea of illegal labor. Now, they want those that illegal labor to be um, – they want them to get amnesty. They want them uh, to be brought into the union contracts and things like that. But they want all of that. But they have been very friendly to the idea of illegal labor coming into this country. Why? So the, um, you know, so we're getting a little bit off topic, but the, I, I can, I can say that, uh, unions, organizations of working people, uh, we, we have come to the, we have come to the opinion, uh, through, through seeing many, many struggles that it is not in our benefit to demonize immigrants. It is not in our benefit to divide working people. By immigration status, it is in our benefit to unite working people against the people that would take advantage of us, and and that's exactly what the UAW is doing. They're they're uniting, you know, they're coming coming with a, a coalition. So they of tolerate it because they think it benefits them in the long run. Uh, they it, it, it's not they believe that working people. Are, Does illegal labor drive together. down wages? Does illegal labor drive down wages? Und- uh, yes, I, I believe yeah. that it. I, I believe that it does. I think that that from an intuitive sense it, it would. I think. But that but the, and the argument is this is the argument they're making. If down the road they're able to legalize or do something else here, well, then what would happen is those people would be put into the union contracts, multiples of minimum wage, all that kind of stuff. And that would benefit them in the long run. That's the long play, correct? No. What we're, what, I mean, yes, but no. What yeah. we're, what we're looking at, what you're, what, what you're asking, asking me to do is, is, is what is going to be the most beneficial thing for workers? And we, we have seen times where the labor unions were very, very anti-immigrant, and we saw that what actually ended up happening. Was that the border did not get closed, quote unquote? Uh, all it did was push undocumented workers, people who are here legally or illegally, it pushed them deeper and deeper underground, and it made it more difficult for them to come to unions. Made it more difficult for them to come to the law enforcement apparatus of this country to enforce their rights, and it made it more more easy for executives and bosses to exploit them 
Oh yeah, that, I get that. That's exactly right. And so that then the question right. is, if it didn't, if it didn't help, because that, like there, there was probably almost a century of time where the unions were 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 frankly uh, nativist on, on the nativist end of the spectrum, and it didn't help. It didn't help, Dale. It didn't help, and because you've got this, because the nativism, the anti-immigrant rhetoric, and the 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 libertarian Cato Institute, uh, uh, you know, open borders capitalists, they work hand in hand. You can't have one without the other, because if you do actually allow immigrants to come here with full rights then the Cato Institute libertarians don't have as much power. So they work hand in hand. And so we saw, unions saw, that we were just playing into the boss's game, and we said, no more. Workers are That's workers, and we're going to fight for everybody. Okay. Again, like I said, short-term pain, long-term gain. That's the argument. And, <laughs> and so I'll just stop it here for a second. And he's, he interrupted me when I was about to say about the, um, about the do undocumented immigrants depressed wages and i think uh. i think intuitively that makes a lot of sense and and it seems like the consensus is that they do but to a very small degree and so we'll pull this up from another jacobin publication this is i don't know that i would consider myself an open borders person but Susie yeah. lee's writing here in catalyst is very very good i would very much recommend people read it and this from her article is really instructive. The measured decline is 1.7% from George Borjas, which is an, who's an economist whose work has often been used to buttress nativist policy. He has found that immigration has a positive impact on wages of nati native workers at all but the lowest skill level, and here the measured decline is 1.7%. On the other hand, the evidence that unionized workers earn more than non-unionized workers is unequivocal unequivocal so you know this is this is really i think the position that most unions have come to where that they don't really have an opinion about you know they're not going to say open borders but the people that are here should have full rights and that's gonna that's gonna benefit folks yeah i mean i, th I think that you could like just say uh does does that like depress wages yeah a little bit uh but uh but what's the solution Right. And and what do I you know, like, is it, uh, you know, is it better to uh, like, is it better to counteract that by like putting people in a situation where they're not afraid to, you know, to join a union or, or you know, go to law enforcement for uh, labor violations? Or is it better to, to do something about that by like, you know, sweeping people up from like, you know, right. churches and while they're picking their kids up from school and, you know, put them in, you know, put them in detention camps and like that's that seems like. You know, like like you can you know you can acknowledge that there's a problem without saying that like the only solution is the is is the is the most like draconian uh, draconian right wing solution, um, and yeah, I, I mean that, I mean that obviously that whole exchange was a little bit frustrating, you know, since he did keep interrupting, but I mean I, th I think that the part at the end was good. I mean like this is just, uh, you know, I mean it doesn't. Uh, you know, I, I think the like I think the stuff about the history of the labor movement and what's been shown to work and not work and all that stuff is all is all really good. I mean, obviously, it's incredibly frustrating. These coming back at the end, it's like, OK, so what you're saying is it's, funny, you know? <laughs> right, right. it's like, I, I don't think I said that.
Yeah. Short-term pain. Like, no, actually, the, 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 what I was ju literally just saying is that actually in the short term, it doesn't benefit us to demonize immigrants. And we found that in the short term, it works better for us to organize together. Yeah. Well, no. and there's about two more minutes left in this, so I don't, I don't think I'll be pausing anymore. And then we'll get your, we'll get your take on the, on the whole exchange. Sure. No, it's not short-term pain because how are how would we be helped by throwing our brothers and sisters under the bus? Oh my God, simple. Oh my God, I, I, I mean, easy. Supply of law, uh, the law. No, 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 no. Because on, it wouldn't explain, happen. Hold on, hold on, Jacob, Jacob, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna explain to you real quick. If these illegal labor, if this illegal labor was not available for the Hyundai plant, they would have to pay more to get people in there. That's what they would have to do. Instead. They farm it out to a temp agency that hires illegal immigrants, which is what's happening. We all know that. And they can hire for less. That's cheaper than hiring your brothers and sisters in the great labor union. I mean, that's just a reality. I'll give you the last word here, and then you can tell me what this story is all about. I'll give you a minute to wrap it up and tell people where they can find it. Sure. Yeah. And, I, and the, just, just to wrap, I, you know, I, and we, we've talked about immigration on the show and, and you can find us on YouTube, Facebook podcast, wherever you get your stuff and, and you can see some of our clips about that. But I think that what this is, is an issue where the attorney general of the state of Alabama is not standing up for working people in our state. Uh, he hasn't done anything about this and he's doing these culture war hits. And, and I think that that's just, it, it's, it, it's not a good use of our, of our money. It's not a good use of, of his time. And, and it's not, a, it, it, it's just, you know, it, it's not great. So um, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. We're going to be talking tomorrow about inflation with, with an economist. And we're also going to be talking about a paper mill strike that's going to be happening down in South Alabama. So you can find us here 9.30 a.m. tomorrow. All right, there we go. Jacob Morrison, thank you very much uh, for talking to us this morning. Very interesting. His show tomorrow, 9.30 to 11, right here on WVNN, the Valley Labor Report. Uh, you know, I'll just say this. Uh, I think that uh, the labor issues, if we had an attorney general who went in and raided all these facilities that are hiring people illegally, uh, and that happened all over the country, I, I – I think that'd be better for the American worker. I think we'll just have to agree to disagree uh, on that part. Uh, but, Jacob, thank you very much uh, for being here. We got a lot to talk about coming up next. All right. So, All right. Um, actually, we do not disagree that it would be good for attorney generals across the country to raid manufacturing facilities. We disagree on who the subjects of the raid should be. I think right. <laughs> the subjects of the raid should be the bosses and the corporate executives who are putting children in the in situations where they might get their arm cut off. Dale thinks it should be the children. That's yeah, no, exactly. Like, and, and earlier he made it sound like it was so ridiculous to say that that all of the uh, all of the manufacturing facilities should be raided, which, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I will say that the one, you know. One thing that I might have done differently there is when he said, so uh, do you want to raid every manufacturing facility? Um, I, I mean, I totally get why he said yes. I think that the, uh, I think that like there's, I think there's definitely a good case to be made for that. But like, <laughs> I think, I think just in the moment, I might have just said, well, I certainly want to raid the ones where like we have specific information that 12 year olds are working there. <laughs> I think I think when I said yes, that was me right now. I don't think that was I don't think that was from uh, from the live thing. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I might have, I might get my my wires crossed there, but yeah, I I mean I think that um, 
like, you know, I also think that just on this, on this immigration thing, like it, like this drives me, this always drives me crazy because like they, this is like the one time that these guys like say that they care about wages is, is, Mm -hmm. is when they can make this argument that, you know, you could, you should, uh, you know, that you should be, you know, you should be like rounded up, you know, children and families and, you know, putting, you know, put them in cages because the, because that'll like have an indirect effect to to raise wages it's like okay but you know what would have a direct effect would be raising the minimum wage right i mean like that like why are you against that right i mean like we could just we could just do that and we don't even have to hope that that'll you know that that's going to indirectly down the line lead to people having higher wages you know we we, would just have higher wages uh or you know why don't you make it easier to organize a union so you know so that way you know they're like that that's a you know like even assuming that the two would be equally effective, which we know they're not, right? I mean, it's like the information for that catalyst piece you were you were looking at, but like even a, even pretending that they were equally effective, I mean, just just you know morally, you know, I would you know, and also strategically, like I would I would prefer the uh, the the non uh, the non rounding up children and separating them from their parents strategy for raising wages. <laughs> wow, that's pretty. I don't know. It sounded like a liberal to me. Ben. That's pretty fair crazy. enough. Yeah. So what do you what do you think? Do you think it's do you think uh, it, what's your assessment? Do you think it's worth going on? Um, yeah. Continuing yeah, to go I, on here. Yeah, I think it's worth I, I think it's totally worth continuing to go on because like whatever, like we could sort of like go through the like play by play of like different things that happened in those exchange, that exchange. But like also like just the sort of view from 10,000 feet, like just pull it out. Like what somebody who's just like tuning in and casually listens to all that, you know, is probably going to remember much more than they're going to remember. Like the sort of specifics, the back and forth is um, like, they're probably going to remember this, like the Amazon worker died of the heat stroke and, you know, and, and they're going to remember the 12 year olds in the factories and, um, and that the, you know, like that, that you thought that's the kind of thing that the attorney general should be, you know, should be focusing on, like, cause, cause that's the, like, that's really, that's really got to be the main takeaway. Cause like, who's going to, you know, like all of the sort of nitty gritty of like, um, exactly who should prosecute what and, you know, and, and, and all of that stuff. Like, um, and, you know, even if you didn't, even if you didn't convince them on, on the immigration stuff at the, at the end, right. I mean, like if, if somebody's, you know, if somebody's coming into this with like bad views about immigration, they're coming out of it with bad views about immigration. But like in between, they heard about like all of these like horrific abuses uh, at uh, factories that the Alabama, you know, Alabama Attorney General's office was like too busy, you know, too busy pretending that they were going to somehow take action on uh, on, on Twitter bans to uh, to do anything about. Like, I think that's a useful thing to do. All right, Ben. Well, I we appreciate your expert debate bro opinion. Where can people find you? Uh yeah. Uh, they can, uh, they can find I, me. I I remember I I remember from one time when I was on your show that you really liked you really liked that phrase. Love so it, I... love it. Yeah, no, that that is that is exactly the light in which I'd like to see myself and, uh, <laughs> and, and what I do and and uh, makes me feel good. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, people can find me at uh, at Jack Obin, 
uh, magazine uh, pretty uh, pretty regularly. And then there's the podcast and YouTube show uh, Monday nights at 8 Eastern. Uh, give them an argument. All right. Well, that's going to be it for us, folks. Ben, thank you for your time. Listeners, viewers, thank you for your time. Everybody, have a good Sunday. Thank you.